You're listening to the Weekend Collective Podcast from Newstalk ZB. Uh, because as part of National's coalition agreement with New Zealand First, changes to the sex education curriculum will be refocused on academic achievement and not gender ideology, including the remo- removal and replacement of the Gender, Sexuality and Relationship-Based Education Guidelines. Uh, education, um, an education spokesperson says the government's intention to remove sexual, sexual education... Sorry, um, Jan Tanini, I believe, says the government's intention to remove sexual education resources and guidelines for schools will be a damaging step backwards for many young people. And Jan Tanini joins me now. I did actually misspeak. My apologies, Jan, because I assumed you'd be at the big day out as some of your staff are, I think. But you're at home with food poisoning. I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, I've been very sick, so unfortunately I had to pass on the big day out, and I was really looking forward to getting there today, but yeah. I'm feeling much better than what I was. Well, that must be down to just us playing YMCA there, I think. Um... Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're talking my language, Tim. Talking my language. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, hey, look, um, what exact, exactly what resources are the government removing um, regarding sex education? Is it sort of a wholesale removal, or is it just certain... Um, aspects of it? No, so a very pocket history here. We've been teaching sexuality education in New Zealand schools since the early 1900s, believe it or not. Mm. In 2002, guidelines, relationship and sexuality guidelines were introduced to ensure that there was consistency across schools and good teaching was happening. They weren't compulsory, but it gave a guideline to how to teach a good program. In 2015, those were updated. Nikki Kay updated those, and the reason that they were updated then was because between 2002 and 2015, the world changed a lot with the, the advent of social media and a whole lot of different aspects coming into play. And then in 2020, they were updated again. The reason that they were updated then was because parents reached out and said, there's a lot of bullying in schools uh, that's happening and, and what is happening about that. So that element of the relationships was added in, in 2020. It's those guidelines that help schools teach the best relationships and sexuality uh, education in schools that the government has said they will be removing with the coalition mm. agreement. Um, there would be those that say, I mean, I don't know if you listened to Christopher Luxon's State of the Nations uh, speech, given that you were at home and obviously glued to, the, glued to that uh, speech, but he, 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 <laughs> he did point to, and I think this is uncontentious, we've got some big challenges, don't we, with education. And is there a we, point... Is there a point? Is there a point that... Uh, New Zealand's education system's got bigger fish to fry than to worry about this sort of thing, or how do you respond to that? Absolutely, there's some big challenges, and what I would say is that we need to come together for a lot of those challenges, because when we keep looking at education as a political football, then nothing is going to change, and that is really frustrating, and as someone that's come out of the profession, I find Mm. that incredibly frustrating, so I'm up for that conversation, but what I also will say is that sexuality education has always been an area that has been non-contentious. There has been agreement to make sure that schools are inclusive places, that our kids' safety comes first and foremost, and that health education is one of those Mm. paramount areas that we must ensure is taught well. And so no political party has ever gone near it in the past and made it a political football because our kids' safety is first and foremost. Do you think, and I'm not trying to be contentious here, but do you think it is because the there has been more contentiousness around the issues of gender and identification and things like that and biological sex? Do you think that that's been the ingredient that's brought this into the, you know, into the contentious sort of part of politics again? Well, possibly, but I'm going to put a wee challenge there because that part of the relationship and sexuality 
guidelines mm. was introduced in 2015 under Nikki Kay in the national government. It was never contentious then. The reason that it has become contentious now is that we have unfortunately become privy to an international culture war around mm. us. Now, we need to make sure that our kids are safe, that there's an inclusive environment. And if kids are mm. uh, working through gender diversity, then schools should be a safe place where they're able to do that. Not somewhere where they feel odd, not somewhere where they feel different, and somewhere where other children and young yeah. people are actually learning the respect and learning around diversity within those schooling systems as well. How do, how do you actually approach some of this stuff? So, for instance, Christopher Luxon has said, I think, in the past, sexuality issues should be dealt with in the home. Um, but, of course, New Zealand is a multicultural country, you know, yeah. and we have people of different religious convictions, some very conservative, whether they've been Christian or Muslim. How do we, how do we teach this stuff without intruding into that space where people are like, hang on, hang on, back off. This is something we want to deal with at home. Look, and that's the beauty of the health curriculum in New Zealand. This is the only part of the New Zealand curriculum where it must be agreed to by the parents. So there's a consultation period that goes on every two years with schools. That doesn't happen to any other part of the curriculum, but the health curriculum, that has to happen. That is legislated. And at that point, they come up with an agreed curriculum. But if a parent then says, look, that is something that I'm not in agreement to. Mm. Within legislation, they are able to write to schools and say, I want my child withdrawn for that particular part. But I have to say, Tim, that there are other parents, and I was one of those parents that was very happy yeah. that the school was there to support me at home because my kids did not want to listen to me when I spoke about those no, things. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a tricky one because not every parent who's uncomfortable is going to say no because they don't want to single themselves. You know, it, it, there is a stigma to some of these subjects, isn't it? Do you think the guidelines yeah. may be reached a little bit too far? I did see a couple of things where I thought, oh, that's very young to be talking about some of those issues. Have a good look through those guidelines because they do mm. talk about those issues in schools and they do talk about schools where there is great diversity within the population of their schools and mm. how to deal with that. What groups that they can go to to talk these things through with. There are plenty of groups out there and plenty of government, all the government groups that have helped mm. develop the guidelines. They haven't been de developed in isolation. There's been a whole lot of input from different religious groups. It's an area that I'm really passionate about because I go back to yeah. the fact that it's keeping our kids safe. Yeah. Do you think if it weren't for the, uh, do you think this is all on New Zealand first? It's a coalition thing or what? Yeah, look, I hate to say it, but I'm going to. I do believe that. And this is where I think it's getting dangerously close to those conspiracy theories. And that worries me mm. that our kids are privy to that. Okay. Hey, Janet, uh, thanks very much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. And, um, you know, good luck getting over the, the lurgy. Appreciate it. Thanks, and I look forward to more village people. <laughs> okay, stay tuned. <laughs> um, thanks very much. Okay, that's Jantanetti. She is the uh, Labor's Education Spokesperson, of course, former Minister of Education. Um, I, I want your feedback on that as well. And you know what? Um, I, 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 these issues are tricky because there's always a level of subjectivity to it. But all I can say is that the stuff that I've seen that's been presented to my kids around sex ed sexual education and tolerance and all those and understanding people are a bit different, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I think that I think Jan Tanetti's got a point. I think she she mounted her argument really well. It'll be interesting to see um, because we have a very passionate education minister in the form of um, Erica Stanford, who um, I don't know if she's. I'm not sure what she'd have to say about this because um, obviously it's part of the coalition agreement. But what do you make of it? There. So there are two questions. Um, 
we got the state of the nation, completely different questions. Got the state of the nation, Christopher Luxon's, uh, what did you make of it? And do you think it loses something in the fact that it's such a rah-rah rather than a more serious uh, address to the nation about what the public, uh, what the challenges are? But And also, on the sex education thing, do you think Chantanetti's got a point that this is something that's been done under, oh, I don't want to say dog whistly, but a, a reactive sort of approach to things that actually, when you look a bit closer at them, there's really nothing uh, to worry about. That's my that's my stance on it. Um, I tend to be on Jantanetti's side on this one. 0800 80 1080, text 9292. And don't worry about the email because we're here for the feedback now. We're going to do that right through till 4 o'clock. This is News Talk ZB. It's 22 minutes to 4. For more from the Weekend Collective, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from 3 p.m. or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.